Hello and welcome to Crypto CFOs. My name is Taylor Zork, and today we're going to talk about cost basis and holding period. Now, cost basis is like the holy grail of crypto accounting, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of times your clients are going to give you incomplete or, um, yeah, mostly incomplete data, and if you can't determine the cost basis of some of those assets, your clients are going to pay tax on the entire proceeds of whatever they get. Because if you can't prove your cost basis, you have to recognize the entire proceeds as a gain. So, and if you can't prove cost basis, then you presumably can't prove the date that you purchased those on. So you're going to have to recognize that all as ordinary income. So it's a, it's a costly error for your clients to make. And if we can help them establish cost basis, either through validating their data that they provide us and getting back to transaction zero, um, or by helping them set up procedures before they get started with good wallet hygiene and good uh, yeah, procedural steps to ensure that they're tracking basis throughout the process. Those are the ideal circumstances we want to be in. But inevitably, we're probably going to have clients that aren't the best record keepers and don't always get us all the information that we need. So um, that's on the client. So cost basis and holding period are the two inputs that determine the tax impact of a capital asset transaction, including crypto assets. So cost basis is an important concept as it determines your gain or loss when you arrive at a taxable crypto transaction. The automated tax software currently available for crypto accountants and investors is lacking in its ability to track basis across platforms. So I wrote a whole blog post on the kind of impact of using these uh, crypto tax tools. They're amazing tools, but the main issue that I've found with using them is that they don't track basis across platforms. So if you have trades on Kraken and you have trades on Coinbase and you've used Uniswap and all of these, it doesn't pull in your cost basis from the different um, platforms. So if your clients are just providing you with a sheet that's printed out from Coinly or Cointracker or whatever, they're likely to have issues with cost basis in there. So it's an important thing to be aware of. So the software can't know whether the, the information that the, your client is providing is complete or not, and sometimes comes to erroneous conclusions about basis in the face of DeFi transactions or users with, who interact with multiple exchanges or blockchains. Additionally, these programs will often pull in data on pricing automatically and it can be off by a significant margin. A prime example of this is when a user receives an airdrop of a coin that was traded on an exchange with low volume to artificially inflate the spot price. Since the software pulls on the best available data, it could think that, that a shitcoin airdrop you received was worth millions when in fact it was effectively worthless. So this is important because airdrops are considered ordinary income in the eyes of the IRS. So if on one of these tax reporting softwares, it shows by default that you received millions, millions of dollars worth of a shitcoin that wasn't actually worth millions of dollars. Now you're reporting a, uh, ordinary income in the millions when it's not actually effectively the case. Also, when these tax software, uh, crypto tax software programs cannot automatically determine cost basis, they'll default to zero because that's what they have to do. If they don't know the cost basis of something, you can't plug in a, a, a fake one because you can't prove it, right? And it can be a costly mistake. So this is where much of the opportunity lies for, for practitioners serving the industry 
is accurately tracking bases. And so um, from the IRS virtual currency FAQ number eight, your basis, also known as your cost basis, is the amount you spent to acquire the virtual currency, including fees, commissions, and other acquisition costs in US dollars. Your adjusted basis is your basis increased by certain expenditures and decreased by certain deductions or credits in US dollars. For more information on basis, see publication 551, basis of assets. So if you'd like to investigate more deeply what the IRS has to say for this from uh, not only virtual currency standpoint, but then on the on the um, TradFi standpoint as well, you can take a look at that publication. So another important concept that affects the amount of tax you'll pay is your holding period. When you hold a capital asset, generally the length of time you hold it determines whether you are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate, so for a short-term capital gain or loss, or the preferred dividend tax rate, long-term capital gain or loss. Like other assets, crypto assets held for less than 366 days called a short-term holding period, would be taxed at less favorable ordinary federal income tax rates. Ordinary federal income tax rates for individuals can be as high as 37% in 2022, while the dividend tax rate caps at 20%. If the net investment income NII tax applies to the crypto to the taxpayer's crypto gains, that they would tack on an, an additional 3.8%. We'll cover tax practice in more detail shortly, but first, here's another virtual currency FAQ from the IRS. If you held virtual currency for one year or less before selling or exchanging the virtual currency, then you will have a short-term capital gain or loss. If you held the virtual currency for more than one year before selling it or exchanging it, then you'll have a long-term capital gain or loss. This period during which you held the virtual currency, known as the holding period, begins on the day after you acquire the virtual currency and ends on the day you sell or exchange the virtual currency. So the key thing there is it begins the day after you buy the asset. So that's why we say 366 days or more. Now, leap years matter as well. So keep that into context as well. Um, for more information on short-term and long-term capital gains and losses, see publication 544, Sales and Other Dispositions of Assets. So if you want more detail on this, go there, and the rules that apply there will apply to uh, crypto assets, virtual assets. <clears throat> so here's an example of how to determine holding period. Let's say Blaze acquired ETH on 9-15-2022. So his holding period started on 9-16 the next day. If he were to complete a sale of this cryptocurrency on 9-15-2023, so less than a year because the holding period started on 9-16, he'll have held his ETH for less than a year and will have a short-term capital gain or loss. By holding onto the ETH for just one more day until 9-16-2023, Blaze would enjoy long-term capital gains or loss treatment on the disposition. So, um, we'll provide other examples in the details of this course, but um, I just wanted to provide a quick kind of word example on that. So just like any other asset, cryptocurrencies need to have a cost basis in your accounting system or investment records when they are received, whether as payment for services rendered, purchased as an investment by the company, or airdropped. The same principles apply to crypto assets as do other assets. For example, if your company purchases a bar of gold as a hedge against inflation, your company would list the cost basis of that gold as the purchase price 
plus any commission paid to the broker, plus shipping costs incurred to ship the gold to your company's office, storage costs associated with associated insurance costs, and the costs of appraisals. The sum of these components would be the cost basis in your bar of gold. The same goes for the purchase of a crypto asset. While there won't be as many separate fees, you can do the purchase price plus trading fees or gas fees in the case of using a DEX um, or the gas fees spent to claim an airdrop. So that all those fees combined would equal your cost basis in the crypto asset on your balance sheet or in your investment records. Also, when donating property over $5,000 in value, the IRS may require a qualified appraisal. And you can see IRS form 8283 for instructions on how to do that. The cost of which should be added to your basis as well. <clears throat> An airdrop is a distribution of tokens to a user group. Because of the transparent nature of networks like Ethereum, all existing wallet addresses are known. Some companies use airdrops as a marketing tactic to generate exposure and publicity for a project. A really famous example of this is when the creators of SHIB airdropped trillions of SHIB tokens to Vitalik Buterin, the most widely known co-founder of Ethereum. And when the price of SHIB skyrocketed, Buterin donated 50 trillion SHIB tokens worth about a billion dollars at the time to India COVID aid. And unfortunately, due to liquidity issues, the true real, 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 realizable value of the donation is only estimated to have been around 400 million, but it's still a very generous gift. For airdrops, your basis is the value of the, of the token at the time of token receipt. So if the token has low or minimal liquidity at the time of the airdrop, the cost basis could be effectively zero. Since many projects send out airdrops as a marketing ploy, Instances occur where these airdrops have no inherent value at the time of receipt. And these are colloquially referred to as shitcoins. Now, rebase tokens have an elastic supply, meaning that the number of tokens in your wallet can vary depending on the token's rebase algorithm, which aims to maintain a constant price. So in order to de determine the cost basis of a re rebase token, it's the same formula. You just multiply the X amount of tokens by Y price plus trading fees would equal your cost basis. And that, that's what you would hold it on your balance sheet as. Now, crypto received as a gift or inheritance may not conform to the holding period basis or tax treatment concepts covered in the preceding par paragraphs, but bear with us and we will sum it up in, in, in appropriate discussions in the future. See you next time. Take care.